Welcome to the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast, your source for sport in the Ottawa Valley. My name's Noelle, and I'm your host. Tune in on Tuesdays every other week as we interview local athletes, teams, coaches, sport organizations, and businesses who are continuing to empower and inspire the next generation of sport in our community. In today's episode, I'm thrilled to be interviewing Brent Sullivan, the head coach, owner, and general manager of the Carlton Place Canadians Junior A hockey team. This standout Junior A hockey team proudly representing Carlton Place brings their competitive edge to the ice with determination and resilience, competing for both the Eastern Canadian Fred Page Cup and the Royal Bank Cup National Championships. This season, which kicked off in September and runs until April, promises exhilarating matchups with rival teams as they all strive for victory. Thank you so much, Brent, for coming on the Auto Valley Sports Series podcast today. I'm super excited to hear and learn all about the history of the Carlton Place Canadians, get a glimpse into this season's performance, as well as your very own remarkable hockey career. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Noah. Yes, yeah. So tell us a bit about the Carlton Place Canadians. Yeah, so the Carlton Place Canadians are a proud franchise in the, the CCHL. So that's uh, the Junior A loop here in, in the Ottawa area. It touches everywhere from way out in the Valley in Pembroke and then heads east to your Hawkesbury, Cornwall, Rockland area. And, um, so Carlton Place Canadians have a pretty rich history, a lot of championships, a lot of really good players that have moved on to the next level. And, and you know, it's obviously in a pretty proud town there in Carlton Place in the Lanark County. So um, you know, very proud to be the owner of that franchise. It has a great history. It has, you know, a lot of really good moments that are important for this league and, and the community. And so incredibly proud to be uh, at the helm. Oh, oh and, and now over the years, has there been many changes to the league or even the team? There have actually. So uh, first off, on speaking behalf of, of the league, you know, the league's expanded quite a bit. So the footprint of Ottawa can go anywhere from, you know, obviously you have some inner city teams, but then just overall expansion out to the Valley. Pembroke probably has the richest history. So that's pretty deep in the Valley there, but just expanding, you know, um, like Canada moving to Renfrew, uh, Carlton Place being a team that was once a Junior B franchise, the Kempfell 73s being once a Junior B franchise that moved up. And, you know, so I think overall uh, the CCHL has expanded and, and just created a real good footprint across the area. Now, as far as Carlton Place goes, probably the biggest change in the last couple of years was me taking over as owner. I purchased the team in 2021. Um, Jason Clark, the previous owner, had a lot of uh, rich history and, and he had a lot of success with a lot of uh, a lot of league championships, players moving on to the next level. And, you know, my biggest thing coming in is to continue to have a, uh, a program that promotes local players, giving those players in the Carlton Place or surrounding areas an opportunity to play junior hockey at home, but then, you know, continue to build a really strong culture and just ingrain ourselves more in the community. So, you know, proud to take uh, take the reins from here and just continue to build Carlton Place Canadians. Yeah, well, it seems as though you guys are doing great, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, always better. We can always be better. That's <laughs> But, uh, you know, we've... It's it's been a challenging couple of years coming out of COVID. It's just it's just changed the landscape for junior hockey in Canada. And so what that's done is it's made it more challenging for you know people in my position to recruit and get players here. And at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is provide a uh, you know a great opportunity and a really good place for players to develop as players, people, all uh, the whole shebang. And so you know we're we're proud of the culture we have here. We're proud of the environment. But you know uh, the coach and me will always say we can be better. 
Uh, I guess I guess that just comes with being coaches, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> there's always there's always place for improvement. Exactly. Now, as as both the owner and head coach and general manager, how do your roles intersect in guiding the team's overall direction and success? Like, how do you juggle? So many different hats. Oh, it's it's a great question because I think what the unique situation of of me owning the team, but then also coaching and managing is that you know at the end of the day there's one stop shop, and 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 I think you know a lot of teams will have an owner who you know is just a distant owner, or they'll have a an owner who's just the GM, and they have a different coach, and you know there's only a couple of us that are owner, head coach, and GM, and and I think what creates a unique situation there is that. At the end of the day, the individual that recruits you is the individual that, you know, pays the bills, is the individual that decides the lineup, runs the power play, the penalty kill, whatever it may be. And so, you know, when you're a kid choosing a destination, sometimes the individual recruiting you isn't the one that chooses your ice time. He's he's not the coach. He's not the one that decides when you're going on the ice and, um, you know, or he's not the one paying the bills and providing that environment for you. So I think that's a really unique thing. And, and especially with you know, being able to to wear all the hats, it's it's really important that you have a finger on the pulse every day for how your program's running. And, you know, whether that's needing to make trades, add players, give the guys a day off, you know, even just getting our guys out in the community. I think a lot of that is just a lot easier when you're the guy basically doing all three. And now in saying that, it's a lot of work. There's there's definitely yeah. a day off. Like today was actually supposed to be a day off and I spent four hours in the office cleaning, which is just something I shouldn't have done, but it, it, just, <laughs> it just shows that there's always something to do. And, you know, I, I've, I've worked in hockey for the last, Oh boy, I can't even think, I think I'm at 12 years coaching now. So um, I'm used to it and I'm used to this kind of grind. I love it. I don't consider it a job and it's something I get to go to work every day and, and not feel like it's work, but you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot that can be done every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love what you mentioned too, about, you know, not feeling like work because you're so passionate about it. And that's, that makes such a big difference with, you know, like being the owner, being the head coach and managing everything, you know, it, it makes a difference when you're really, really enjoying it. And, you know, wearing multiple hats also, you get to really understand so many different things, you know, you're not, you're involved in everything, which I feel like makes a really big difference as well. It creates, I think, the ideal environment for the players, right? The guy that they, you know, from the second I'm trying to recruit kids to this program, it's me placing that first call. It's me meeting their parents. It's me, you know, bringing them around the arena, bringing them into town. And and then, you know, I'm also that first call while they're here from, you know, if, if let's say, let's say they're struggling, they want to sit down and meet. Like it's, it's just, it's a unique situation. And it's a great opportunity for me to build those relationships with those players too. Like I, I cared care deeply about uh, my players. I think it's important to have that, that kind of relationship where they know that they're supported and they're cared for and um, families know that uh, their kids being taken care of when he's with us. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot easier for me to speak to that and promote that because I'm the one that's essentially following through and just makes it uh, for the ideal environment, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Everything you said, you know, you're completely accurate with all of it. And now um, with the season commencing, you guys started in September. Um, could you share some insights into the team's performance and growth so far? 
Yeah, it's 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 been a bit of an up and down season. You know, we had we came in with some high expectations, and actually something that many don't know, but uh, I actually wasn't coaching the team at the start of the year. I was coaching in the Ontario Hockey League with the Sarnia Sting. Uh, I was given an opportunity there in the summer that I chose to pursue, but I was continuing to stay on as as GM and of course owner. But you know, our group didn't start out great, and and um, you know, it was a disappointing, I'd say, month of October and. And a personal family reason um, arose where, you know, I chose to come home and and spend time with uh, with my wife and my family here. And, and, you know, I ended up taking over the day-to-day with coaching again to try to right the ship. And, you know, we have a lot of local kids. We're a team, I think, with the most. I think at this point we have 14 HEO area kids, which is pretty rare in junior hockey to be that focused in your area. But what I, like I said from the get-go, I wanted to provide an opportunity for local players to succeed. That's that's the whole point of this program. And yeah. uh, so I took over about, I'd say, 10 to 12 days ago and just trying to right the ship here as far as, you know, getting this program back to where it should be as a, you know, as a daily threat to win this league. And, and, you know, we're, we're starting to make some changes here. We're starting to play a little bit better. Um, but you know, there's always, like, like I said at the start, always room for improvement. So I'm stubborn and I'll (laughs) dip away every single day to make sure we're, uh, we're doing our best. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's great. Now over the course of the season, I guess now that you're kind of getting back into the coaching and getting it all back into things, um, is there any type of measures that you take to ensure like continuous player development throughout the season? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And as far as measures go, like it, it might be tough to actually provide, let's say any kind of, um, um ways to actually track it but what we try to do is every single day provide a platform for them to get better and so you know just kind of a, an outlook on our week like we first of all have our own player development coach and evan Brownring. he owns the next generation hockey uh uh, business in town and and so he's spending every monday with the guys for an hour where they're solely focused on technical improvements and so um you know as a coach most of our focus is on the tactical side of things how do we improve our forecheck how is our d zone able to get better whereas sometimes in a practice you really don't get a chance to work on the technical you know just development of players so every monday we give them an hour of just with evan and and then We'll practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where we're on the ice for an hour 20, and then we're in the gym for an hour. And, and you know, our program, you know, we're we're very proud of our off-ice development as well, and that's led by Zach Yantha, our strength and conditioning coach. And so, you know, they have an opportunity to, one, get their, their on-ice conditioning with me, but then get to develop just as an overall young athlete. And so we find that that's really crucial because wherever you go, your next level, it's such an important step. Like, are you physically mature enough to handle the workload? So, so that's a big focus of ours. We'll spend about an hour every day in the gym. Um, and then after that, it's, you know, it's a lot of that individual video side of things. It's a lot of player meetings. And so to your original questions of, you know, ways to track, what we try to do is we try to meet three times a year on a one-on-one basis at minimum. Of course, there's going to be scattered across where, you know, you just want to call a kid in for five minutes, but we'll try to do a preseason, a midseason, and a postseason meeting where, you try to find some measurable ways to, you know, create some success for these players. So try to find out what their attainable goals are and then and then help them achieve that. And so I think that's the best way for players right now. They want to have that one-on-one conversation. They need to be held accountable to that. Um, and then our platform, like I explained with the, you know, the daily workouts, the daily practices, the skills sessions, hopefully that is what helps them achieve their goal. And and then just, you know, um, getting to do, let's say, daily video with me if if they uh, they want to see some areas that they need to correct. And and again, that's a unique part of the owner head coach GM is that I'm there every day. I don't have to sprint off to another job. I'm I'm in the rink grinding away and, and you know, I'm, I'm there for them when they need me. So 
uh, it's definitely a development first focus with our program. That's great though, you know, and, and that you're there through everything. Right. And, and I feel like the combination of all the things you guys are doing, you know, for individual player development, but also team, you know, having next generation hockey come in and kind of help out on Mondays. Like that's great. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll always say it's the uniqueness of our program. Like my goal is to be the number one choice for players when they come to the CCHL, when they think the CCHL wants them to think the Carlton Place Canadians. And then as we grow, you know, I want to be the number one choice in Ontario. I want to be the number one choice on this half of the country. Like that's, that's the growth that we want to have. And so what we have to do is we have to find ways we can separate ourselves. And so right away, um, like we said, having the owner be the head coach and GM, that's a separator. He's here every single day and he's able to recruit and then play you. Um, but then also, you know, the combination, like you said, having next generation hockey, that's a separator. Having Zach Yant as our strength coach. It's yeah. it's all things that I want people to look and be like, all right, well, Carlton Place does it right. And that's the best place for us to develop as a player in person. So it's uh, it's a lot of work behind the scenes, but at the end of the day, it's all worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and outside of, uh, I know we talked a lot about kind of like the physical aspects of, you know, how you're uh, ensuring continuous play development. What I am curious about is, do you guys have specific approaches to coaching um, mental preparedness or types of things like mental performance? It's, it's something that is such a hot topic now is, is, the pressure that these kids have on them. And, and, you know, like we, we've actually, uh, I think it was a year ago, I brought in a, a mental performance coach to sit down and have a meeting with our entire team. Um, just because that's something as a hockey coach, we have all the certifications in the world to, to run a hockey team, but, but now to be able to, you know, to expand and, and touch on the mental performance side of things. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hot topic. So we try to provide an environment where, you know, we're, we're encouraging players to be their best. We're encouraging players to, you know, be confident and comfortable in themselves every single day. And, and, you know, obviously from what comes from, you know, the mental performance side of things, it's just how important overall mental health is as well. And so, you know, having access to the Canadian mental health Institute is something that our league stresses. And we actually have uh, another separator. This is a, this is kind of cute, but we actually have a team therapy dog called Willow. So Aww. she's a little golden doodle. She's a terror, but she's, uh, <laughs> the guys love her. So what we try to do is we'll bring her in every now and then for, uh, when the guys are doing a workout or an activation in the gym and, and just try to relieve some stress and, and have the guys take their mind off the game. And when you get to play with a one-year-old golden doodle, who's, uh, you know, we're in the process of training her to be the team therapy dog. So it's, uh, we try to do whatever we can to think a little outside the box and, and, uh, Willow's definitely that, but, um, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. It's such a, you know, like you said, out of the box, you know, idea, but it's so beneficial, you know, bringing them in, it kind of makes things feel a bit more simple, you know, from the, the, the grinding, the grinding, you know, it just takes a moment to kind of bring them down, you know, and I, I love that you guys are doing that. It's so cute. Willow. I love that. Willow. Yeah. So she, uh, <laughs> it was, it was funny. So, so last year it was kind of in, in the, well, I guess this is this is a pun. It was in the dog days of the year, right? Where it's like the dark days and in the November, December's where the you know, right right now for uh, for instance, where the weather starts to change, starts to get darker. We noticed our guys were just feeling it and we had a couple losses and and um you know it was something that my wife and I chose to do for the team was just okay well let, let's do this it's 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 a way we see a lot of NHL teams doing it now you know there's some major junior teams that are trying to provide that as well and and again it's just another way for us like we we try to preach family here we try to preach a family-like atmosphere and so um you know Willow's as much their dog as she is ours but at the end of the day we got to feed her so it's a little different now. <laughs> but uh the goal is that you know we want her to be ingrained in the uh in the team so that the guys are able to just have a, a quick de-stressor moment whenever she's in the room 
Oh, I love that though. That's such a great idea. Yeah, it's fun. Really such a great idea. Um, now, now getting into gameplay, yeah. what type of game plan strategies do you guys prior prioritize to maintain a competitive edge? Well, you know, it's, uh, and, and this is, uh, again, kind of a unique thing. We like to adjust quite a bit. I wouldn't say we have one style that we want to play. And, and, you know, I try to challenge our coaches to, you know, to be on our toes and, and, and be quick to adjust and have our guys ready to play any style that we need to. But, you know, if we wanted to, to kind of blanket, we're a team that likes to play fast. We want to be competitive. We want to compete. Um, you know, we always talk about playing for each other. So we have each other's backs and it's a tight knit group. So, you know, as far as the everyday goes, like we're always going to do game prep on our opponents. We'll always do some five on five prep and special teams. And, and then just some reminders for our guys when it comes to how we want to play structurally or how we want our guys to, you know, to, to play a certain way. And, and um, but the game is adapting so much now and it's, it's, it's important for coaches to be able to stay, stay fresh, stay modern. Um, you know, the game is so new school now and, and you want to allow kids to be creative. And, and so it's, it's just the environment that we're trying to create here where we're structured, we work incredibly hard, but we want them to be themselves and, and, uh, and play with confidence. So pretty vague answer, but uh, I don't want to give all my secrets here. So, <laughs> you know, I completely get it, but a lot of what you said, you know, being able to adjust, that's that's super important when we're when you're strategizing, exactly, right? Exactly. It's it and it's because you never know how games are going to go. Yeah, and, and we need to be able to be confident and comfortable enough to trust ourselves as coaches to implement a strategy that'll work. And and you know the worst thing is a stubborn coach. The worst thing is a coach that's sitting there and just saying no, this will work. And you know what we got to do is be willing to accept. Okay, it's not working. We got to adjust or. Or even just have that mentality going in, like let's counter teams, and and you know it's been something I've learned a lot over the years in my experience that you got to be ready to do it as a coach, but you have to teach your players throughout the year to be able to play on their toes because, you know, if, let's say you, you play, you play one way all season, and then all of a sudden playoffs roll around, you want to change, it's uh, it's going to be challenging. So you got to, it's just another way of developing these players to be able to adjust because they will need to do it at the next level. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. That is a really good point. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, do you guys have any upcoming matches or rivalries that are standing out particularly? We do. So uh, actually, uh, the next two games are, are two really big rivals and I'll touch on a third. But, you know, first off, just I think the rivalry with the Ottawa Junior Senators. So uh, back in the history of the program. So um, I think outside of the last two seasons, it was basically Carlton Place and OJS were the two teams that were always battling in the finals. And and uh, OJS is on a bit of a roll now, having won four in a row. Prior to that, Carlton Place had won four in a row. And so it's uh, there's a good rivalry there. The games are always heated. Um, and then, of course, down in the Valley, we love playing the Pembroke Lumber Kings. It seems to always have a little bit of extra extra jump to it. So we play them on the coming Tuesday. And then, you know, we're fortunate, uh, I think, just in this this the Central Loop uh, in general, having a lot of good proximity opponents. But the Smith Falls Bears are right down Highway 15. And so... Um, they don't like us. We don't like them. But what it makes is, is sometimes the Smith Falls fans, they'll travel to Carlton Place and then the Carlton Place fans will travel to Smith Falls to watch. So it makes that <laughs> atmosphere a lot of fun. And, and, you know, they had a much uh, they had a really good team last year and they beat us in the playoffs. And so we're we're kind of chomping at the bit to get our, our revenge this year. <laughs> well, I wish you guys luck, you know, for the next one. <laughs> Um, and, and now, what would you say are some of your team's long-term aspirations and goals, even beyond this current season? 
Well, I, I think the biggest thing, and I think I touched on it earlier, was was just trying to one, just create an environment for players to get better. And and I want this to be the number one choice when it comes to our league. And we will continue to try to do things that are unique. Like I, I'm I'm always evolving, always trying to do things and think outside the box that make people look and say, all right, well, Carlton Place does it right. And so I think that's the first thing for more of kind of a narrowed envision is just be the number one choice in the CCHL for players to go. You know, we we also want all the you know the advisors advisors and families to trust us. I think that's a big thing too that we do it right and we treat players the right way. But then you want to expand to being you know a, a team that's always competing for national championships. I think that's the biggest thing at the end of the day is that you want to be that team that is always in the fight. And, and you know, it's been a hard couple of years since taking over here during COVID and just trying to rebuild and get things done the right way. And and you know i take a lot of pride in how we act every single day and, and our culture is very strong right now and that was the biggest thing for me as a foundation piece is just getting us acting the right way and and now it's okay like now we can start to take a push here and so i want to compete and i want to win i think at the end of the day too we're, we're competitors here and and i want people that when they're coming to this program their ultimate goal is to win and, and then move on to the next level and i want the the winning aspect to come first and so you know, again, vague answer ish, but I think at the end of the day, what we're we're trying to do is create an environment here that the players want to come here and they want to win and then they want to move on at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, based on everything you've told me so far in the interview, it seems as though it is that you're providing a lot of different services, different programs, you know, you're bringing in your own dog, you know, to lighten the mood and to, you know, bring in those types of things to help out your overall team, you know, the environment. And yeah, I'm saying it, basically everything you've said, it just, you know, it goes right back to what you're doing. I appreciate that. That's the goal. Yeah, no, you guys are doing great. You guys, and, I, and I'm excited to see how you guys do this season. I'll be looking forward and I'll be excited to see the highlights that come out. Um, that's super exciting. Sweet. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate hopping on this podcast. It's uh, It's a lot of fun. Yes, yes. I'm glad you're enjoying. Uh, last but not least, though, I have one more question for you. Um, I would love to know your story and what fueled your passion in hockey. Oh, boy. I might need a longer podcast for that one. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I uh, you know, like like any Canadian kid. So I, I grew up just uh, just outside of Carp. Um, so some people like to think Carp is the start of the valley. So Grew up, uh, grew up there. I had a nice backyard where my uh, my dad always built an outdoor rink, and ended up just wow. growing uh, growing up in the local minor hockey scene. Played for the Ottawa Valley Titans growing up. Um, was very fortunate to uh, to get an opportunity to play in the OHL for four years. So I ended up playing in Sarnia there, and uh, oh, wow. some injuries kind of caused that to probably be the end. And then I ended up getting into the coaching world at a young age of twenty one. So. You know, I'm only 33 right now, going on 34, but I already got 12 years of coaching under my belt. So, um, wow, that's but, impressive, though. Yeah, it's been it's it's funny. I, I well, I'm turning gray more and more every day, but <laughs> um, you know, still still young at heart, and so there's still a lot of years and a lot of miles left. But it's been uh, it's been a long 12 years, and I've had some great opportunities to work with some great people. But you know, I think when it really started to turn into a full time career for me is I, I got an opportunity to coach with the University of Ottawa right in my hometown, which is exciting and, and was able to, to run a program there with, uh, with a guy named Pat Graham Mantra and he and I had a great relationship. And, and what that did is, you know, running a university program is actually very similar to owning a team. Um, you're in charge of everything from fundraising to ordering equipment, to recruiting, 
um, to meal planning, to road trip planning, itineraries, school schedules. Heck, I could keep going here. And <laughs> what that did, though, is it gave me a really good base for five years there when the opportunity arose here with Carlton Place that I was I was comfortable, I was confident, and and allowed me to transition pretty smoothly there. And so ended up uh, during the COVID year, I think everybody was just sitting at home kind of bored. And, and you know, what ended up arising was the opportunity to purchase Carlton Place. And, and you know, me being from CARP, having spent a lot of time in the Valley, like it was, it felt like I was purchasing my hometown team. So got the opportunity to do that. And, and then, you know, coaching is my passion, but also just running a program is something I, I really enjoy. I, I love having a finger on the pulse for everything. You know, anything from your social media game to your merchandise to, you know, your ticketing and, you know, a lot of the stuff that just makes our, our, our program run. And so I've been owning that now for three years. I'm incredibly proud. I'm incredibly grateful. Uh, my wife and I live just outside of Carlton Place now. And, you know, I wear our logos everywhere. And and I, uh, I'm going to be here for the long haul uh, as far as owning this team goes. So uh, bit of a long-winded answer there. But uh, no, I love player, it. player turned to coach and now an owner. Ah, no, but it's your, your, your story is very fascinating. You know, you started off, like you were mentioning a lot of kids in Canada, you know, start out with hockey. Um, and then you, you know, you went through your playing years and then you got into coaching young, but look at all the incredible experiences and, you know, all the knowledge that you gained from coaching this much, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's, you know, uh, coaching is a unique, like there's so many aspects to it. Of course, there's the tactical side of things, but also you're managing you know, right now I'm managing 23 different personalities and <laughs> you're, it's, I think that's the biggest thing is learning how to coach certain individuals and, and you can't coach everybody the same. You can't have a blanket approach. You have to coach, you know, certain people who may be a little bit thicker skinned or certain individuals who may need a little bit more support. And, and I think it just, it just shows the, the growth of coaching now. And, and I'd like to think after 12 years that I have a degree in that, right? Like, I think that's, that's probably the, um, you know, the, the work that we've done is just trying to just build on that knowledge base so that this becomes comfortable. And, you know, I, I've been doing it long enough that I, I think I'm good at it and, and I'd like to continue to do it as long as I can. Yeah, no, no, I feel like you're doing amazing. You know, you came out of COVID with all those struggles and, you know, they were, there was a lot of difficulties for many sport organizations and, you know, look, you guys picked back up, you know, adjusted with what you had to adjust with um and manage that well so you know hats off to you for doing that thank you yeah well i i really appreciate you coming uh on the ottawa valley sports series podcast and taking some time to speak with me um i loved learning about the carlton place canadians and how you guys are doing this season as well as all of those you know things you're doing to differentiate yourselves from from other teams it's it was a really really nice time and i did learn a lot and i appreciate that of course. Well, thank you for having me and, and, you know, best of luck with the rest of the uh, podcast that you'll do, but I really enjoyed it as well. And if you ever need anything, I'm only uh, one zoom call away. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and now for those listening and wanting a bit more information, I just wanted to provide them. If you could give us some information on your website or your social media accounts. Yeah, of course. Uh, CP Canadians. I think it's cpcanadians.com for website. I think Twitter is CP Canadians. Instagram, I think, is CP Canadians. I'm pretty sure it's all CP Canadians. So I think <laughs> the easiest way is to, is to look that up, whether you want to Google it, look on. Uh, we have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, I don't think we have a TikTok. My wife handles that. I'm not sure if we do. Uh, I wouldn't have <laughs> it if we did. But um, yeah, we're, we're pretty active on those three social media accounts. We uh, 
you'll see a lot of willow too and i think that's what everybody wants to see Oh, that's nice. I'm going to have to go look. I'm going to want to see a picture now. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks so much again. I appreciate it. No, of course. Thanks.